92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. One, two, three, four... Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Hi guys, I'm Amy Wright, and today my guest is Travis Linville, an Oklahoma native and friend of Diddy TV's who's been hailed as one of the most sought-after songwriters and collaborators in the Sooner State and beyond. Linville recently released a new album titled I'm Still Here, which was produced by J.D. McPherson, another Oklahoma native, and which features help on the songs from artists like Natalie Hemby, Hayes Carl, and more. I first encountered Travis when he stopped by our studios in Memphis to record as part of the Diddy TV concert series, and I've enjoyed following his work ever since. It's great to catch up with him and a joy to share our talk with you right now. Take a listen. So where are you hanging these days, Travis? So good to so good to see your face, by the way. But where it's, are you? Good to see you too. I am uh, I'm here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where I call home. And uh, it's kind of hot outside these last few weeks, but um, all in all, it's been uh, it's been a good uh, start to the summer, getting back out and playing a few shows. So uh, you grew up in Chickasha, Oklahoma. Is that right? Yeah, Chickasha. Uh, okay, I knew I was going to pronounce it wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, easy one. But yeah, uh, Chickasha, Oklahoma is where I grew up. And um, it's where my my dad's from and uh, my grandparents on his side from that area. So, so that's, yeah, that's where I come from. Chickasha is fun to say. It is. You know what? It is fun to say. Did you learn that when you were in kindergarten? <laughs> So when you grew up in Chickasha, what what were you doing? Were you playing music as a kid? I know you're, no, so I read that your dad was in a band. Is that right? Yeah, actually my grandparents, his parents had a little family band. And so my dad and his older brother and older sister and their parents all played together, you know, as a family. And they, you know, that was a... Uh, it's just one of those things with that they did is they taught their kids to play and sing. And that's something that they all did as a family together, but they, uh, but they actually played some gigs. They played on, uh, you know, local rodeos or square dances type gigs. And for a bit, they played live every week on the radio there in Chickasha, KWCO. There was always that uh, musical thing happening and that side of my family. And they even had like a little room in their house that was dedicated to music with a stage and music gear and stuff. So I was exposed to it really early. I didn't, I didn't pick it up really early, but it was always around. So uh, it always felt like, uh, you know, something that was uh, part of growing up for me. What kind of music did they play? Uh, they played, you know, classic country music uh, from the, 
the era that I love, which is, you know, sort of crooner country, um, Ray Price or, uh, you know, Merle Haggard, Lefty Frizzell, um, Kitty Wells, you know, stuff like that. So I was really exposed to that, to those songs really early. I, I knew a lot of those songs from my grandparents singing them before I had ever really heard the recordings, you know. Which makes them easier to play when you've heard them so many times <laughs> as a kid, right? You know all the words, you know, you know the, how the song goes. It makes it easier when you pick up the guitar. Yeah, and all those songs, you know, those have an extra special meaning to me now. So, so when did you pick up the guitar? I didn't, I, I fooled around with it when I was really, you know, when I was eight or nine years old, but I didn't really pick it up and start playing it for real until I was a teenager. Uh, 14 or 15 years old and and uh you know at that time i was listening to everything from r&b and hip-hop to you know grunge was kind of a new thing coming along and so it was like uh you know just influences from everywhere but um but once i started playing guitar i i didn't do much else i was wondering that because when you're when you're a kid you've got sports, you've got all sorts of things that can go on. And I didn't know if you just were all about guitar or you had to sort of make a decision at some point, am I going to do this or that? Little known fact, but I, before guitar, I was all about basketball and I really played it. That was my, that was my sports thing. That was, I, I, I was, I was really, uh, I was really into that. And so, yeah, there did come a time when I, when I looked around and realized that I was, you know, five foot eight. And then I thought maybe guitar is a thing I should spend. Yeah. I was never really very good at sports myself, but I'm only five two. So I never really stood a chance at that. So, uh, so I'm a fiddle player. So I I knew very early on that if I was going to do anything, it wasn't going to be sports. It could be anything else, but it wasn't going to be that. (laughs) Do you, do you watch uh, basketball or do you have a favorite team now? I love the game, you know? Uh, So yeah, we're, we're watching the NBA finals tonight. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, my son and I, we, you know, I'm spending a lot of time riding the bike and uh, going to the gym and throwing baseballs and stuff that, you know, I forgot how much I enjoyed. How old is your son? He just turned 11 a couple weeks ago. Right. So he's, he's at that age where you're playing sports and you're doing all sorts of fun things in school and, is he playing music as well? Do you teach him? Yeah, he does play music. He he can't help it. There's instruments all over the place, and uh, you know, so he's uh, he enjoys and he plays plays a little guitar and plays a little piano and and plays whatever you give him. So you get out of high school and you go to college, right? And um, where did you go to school? I went to school at University of Oklahoma, and then also at the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. And that's in Chickasha, right? Second one, yeah. The first one, I went to OU in Norman as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I, my college career was, I was really, you know, I started playing gigs actually, though, in high school still. like, And not, um, not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm in a band that rehearses in a garage every now and then. I joined a band that was like, hey, we play every weekend. If you can't play every weekend, then don't even join. And, uh, and, and so that, that was the end of my basketball career and the beginning of my guitar career. So, so yeah, when I went to college, it was, it was awesome. I studied music and I, and I was really, uh, a bad student. Essentially. I, 
I had a uh, full-time job teaching guitar already. And then I was also um, playing every single weekend. And so college was kind of third on my list of priorities. Although it was, you know, I did learn some valuable things there. Yeah, well, you make a lot of friends, if nothing else, right? If nothing else, yeah. And, and, and when I moved to Norman, you know, I moved to a town that had a, had a little music scene. So that was something. So what does the name Joe Settlemyers mean to you? Oh, Joe is my, was my uh, number one music mentor. I had, a, I had, you know, different people who helped me a lot, a lot along the way. But Joe specifically, when I, sh- you know, first, of course, like everyone, I just started teaching myself guitar. And, uh, but when I got to a certain point and was really sort of, my parents were realizing I was pretty obsessed with it. Uh, we, we, we found Joe and, uh, and Joe was great. You know, he, he's kind of a, just an incredible musician an incredible guitarist. And, and he was, he was the kind of guy who was like, well, I hope you like jazz and Western swing. Cause that's all we're going to work on. You know, I'll show you. <laughs> Stuff, but we're going to work on jazz and western swing. He played uh, with Bob Wills, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, with the Texas Playboys, I'm not mm-hmm. sure it played with Bob himself, but you know that that band kind of kept going for a while, right? Continued going in some form, but uh, but no, yeah, he was uh, very much a part of that uh, of those folks, you know. Uh, uh, and so and so it was uh, it was a real education in. Um, not only just that style of music, but just in music in depth, you know, so you, you kind of have to, to keep up with that, <laughs> to keep up with him. I had to, I had to, I had to work at it, you know, but I was much better for it on the other side. And I, I, I continued to go to see him for a lot of years. So when you were playing gigs in college or high school or college, um, did you ever play in any of the dance halls? In- yeah. Yeah, that's where I started, is like rural dance halls in Oklahoma and Texas. Um, we, that the, you know, the groups that I played with <clears throat> typically would always play two-nighters. They're like, we're, we, play, we don't play a show unless it's two nights. And we'd play, you know, in a big, um, in a big dance, in a big metal building where people were dancing around in a circle, you know, so... Uh, and, and we played a lot of cover music and I was more just a guitarist in those situations. And, um, you know, as a, looking back on it, it was a fairly short period of, of my life that I did that, but it was, uh, it was a really good way to start, um, because it was, it was professional, you know, we were, we were playing shows every week and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, it was, I was lucky to get involved with something like that at such an early age. I was talking to Ray Benson, Sleep at the Wheel, and right. there was a real movement to save the dance halls in Texas from extinction because in a lot of places they were tearing them down. Are they still around in Oklahoma? Well, I know that some of the ones that I used to play down burned in suspicious fires. <laughs> the but Sunday no, fire. <laughs> No one was there. They were in the Bahamas. <laughs> uh, there still, yeah, there's still some cool dance halls uh, around, and and I assume they're still operating in some fish fashion. You know those 
those uh, those types of places that because they're in such rural areas, they just they draw. It's the only thing. It's the only draw for miles around. So people, you know, they. I think I think I think they're still doing fine. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. So when did you form Travis Limble and the Birchie Birchie Brothers? How did you yeah. have- that that was uh you know we made a record my friend uh jamie kelly and myself made a record in in say 1999 i think it was just a little homemade record and uh and we gave that we kind of made a fictitious band because we just made the whole record and played all the instruments uh and so we we sort of made this this fictitious band called the virtue brothers and uh and in those days, it was the early days of being able to make your own CDs. So uh, it, was, it was exciting, you know. Uh, at that time, if you had a CD, if you just had a, a CD that was manufactured, it was like, wow, that's kind of big time. So, so you know, we, we uh, made um, everything. And, uh, and then eventually that, that led to uh, forming an act, the real Birchie Brothers, you know, forming an actual band and, and sort of transitioned into doing my own original music. So were you touring as, as that band? I mean, were you all over the South or where were you touring? Yeah. You know, we got linked up really early with people like um, Jason Boland or Cross Canadian Ragweed, which were other Oklahoma bands who were t- playing mostly just in Texas or Kansas and Arkansas, you know, just surrounding States. So a lot of those bands, when the Birchie Brothers first started, uh, a lot of those bands were really kind to us and said, you know, took us around and let us play opening for them. And so we made a lot of fans in Texas and Oklahoma. That's mostly where we played. We would venture out, you know, uh, to Nashville or to uh, down to the south, to Louisiana, Mississippi, or we would, we would occasionally head up to, you know, Kansas and Arkansas. We, we had a bit of a small a small loop there but you know as you know as many people know uh a lot of a lot of folks you know have really nice careers and never leave texas so <laughs> there was plenty of there was plenty texas for us is bigger than most countries so yeah, there's plenty for us to explore there and we kind of had a little foot in the door so that's that's where we that's that that's where that band played most of the time so after the birchie brothers you started a solo career yeah right and when, when did you start your solo career and what was, what was your sort of idea about going off on your own? What, why did you do that then? Well, you know, like a lot of bands, the band just fell apart. There's just all kinds of drama and nonsense going on, you know, left and right, just between them and them and them and, them and me and them. And so, you know, just that, that happens. We started uh, that band's by the seat of our pants, like most bands start and there's no, real clear cut goal or clear cut, you know, we just went, we just went from bar to bar pretty hardcore until, uh, until that ran out of steam. But uh, so it wasn't a conscious decision. It was more like, well, I don't have a band 
or the Virtue Brothers isn't a thing. So I'm going to um, try to keep playing however I can, you know. And and I had always done solo shows or played as myself before that band and after. So so it wasn't that much of a transition. Um, but but yeah, you know, that was around 2005. There's a good four or five year run of the Virtue Brothers playing shows everywhere, which you know it's funny. Once again, it seemed like an eternity at the time, but now it's just a short little, a short little four and a half years that it was really going strong. Funny how uh, we get perspective on that when we get older. We're like, wow, that was that wasn't that long. <laughs> really wasn't really wasn't that much. I mean, the amount of time I've played since all that is you know, double or triple of what those early experiences were. But yeah, so I, I just started playing shows as Travis Linville. Um, and, uh, and, and it wasn't that much different than what I was doing before. I would play solo or I would put a band together when I, when I needed to have a band. And, um, and it was probably around that somewhere around that time that ended up linking up with Hayes Carl. And, and that's sort of, you know, 2006 or seven is when we started playing shows together some. And uh, that's sort of eventually what ended up taking me to, a, you know, all over the country or all over to other countries and being a part of a national touring project. You know, so I stayed with him for, for a lot of years and, and I'm going to be touring with him this fall. So we're still. I noticed that you're friends and he's on the album and we're going to get to that because uh, I, I was listening to the music. And uh, uh, there's a few songs that I guess you actually do together, which was really fun. And I love the fact that you're going to be touring together. That'll be great. Yeah. So you also own your own studio, right? I own my own sort of actual full-fledged studio for several years. Uh, and I kind of partnered up with Mike McClure on that. Uh, and and that, that was in, a, in the mid-2000s. But I've always had a studio wherever I go, you know, it's <laughs> it may not right at the, at this moment in this new house that I'm living in, it's, uh, I've got a room dedicated, you know, and it's all set up. And unfortunately, I guess, uh, the more technology changes, the less space you need to make music. Do you record other artists? In your yeah. Studio? A lot of other artists through the years, more so, you know, when I had my own, studio building and stuff, uh, in Norman, but, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely still do projects for other artists and produce other artists. Um, and you know, I love doing that and, and, and it's something that's, it's always really fun during the, during 2020, when I was locked in, I did a, a few projects, uh, for other people, whether it was just recording remotely or whether it was producing back, you know, producing tracks for songwriters. Uh, now it's a little, I'm a little more flexible with it. You know, if somebody wants to do it, then we say, well, what do we want to do? You know, pick, let's pick a studio or we'll just work on it here. Or we'll, you know, uh, kind of the sky's the limit. So let's talk about the new album. I'm still here. That's the name of it. Yeah. And did you write all those songs over COVID or did you already have them in the can? You know, I wrote them and the whole album was recorded before COVID. So, so we had this album done actually and mixed for, for quite some time. And uh, so, so, yeah, it's interesting, though, because I feel like this always happens, but particularly uh, with 2020, you know, all the songs 
were written well before that and recorded well before that, but it's just like they all completely got flipped on their head and had a whole new meaning, you know, by the time they came out. And, and it's just because that's how music is. It means, it means something to the person listening to it. And it's informed by whatever that person is going through. And, and so, you know, the things we've all gone through in the last couple of years uh, have put, the, put those songs into a different light. So what does I'm still here mean? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it, it means, it literally means I'm still here, but I, uh, you know, there's a, the song itself I wrote with Natalie Hemby and, and um, you know, I kind of came in with that idea and we had a great session uh, writing that song together. What was it like to work with her? I mean, I know, I think you guys are friends as well, but uh well, it was a real pleasure. Um, and yes, you know, I can't say enough about how good she is at what she does. And it was, uh, it was real natural. You know, there's nothing forced about it. We had a little session to meet up and write because I knew I was making this record. And um, I had the idea for this song <clears throat> for quite some time. I actually stumbled onto it the other notebook laying around here. Uh, so I showed up with this little idea, like, I'm still here, but you didn't think I was. And I had a little chorus, uh, or what was somewhat like the chorus. And, and yeah, it was, you know, I was just really impressed by Natalie's ability to sort of interpret what it was that I was trying to say so easily, you know. And just, uh, it, 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 it pro I remember it like this. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it, you know, it just felt like she was like, oh yeah, I got that. Like, uh, you know, you, you know, just, just like, yeah, that's it. You know, just, uh, so, so yeah, we chipped away at it for a couple hours and I felt like it was one of the best things, best songs I've ever put together. How did y'all meet in the first place? We just met actually not in person. We, that's the first time we met. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a bit of a blind date, uh, songwriting blind date. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I haven't typically done any of those. I've covered, I've covered a lot of songs with Jamie Kelly when I was starting out in the Birchie brothers, you know, our whole thing was like, let's write as many songs as we can. <laughs> let's not worry about how good they are. Let's just write a lot of them. And I think that helped us, you know, helped us become uh, more fluid at the process and comfortable with it. And so uh, I have technically done a lot of co-writing, but uh, not so much in the last in the in the last 15 years. You know, that was a long time ago. Uh, so so, uh, you know, I felt lucky to be uh, to, to get some time to sit down with Natalie uh, and put the song together and I don't really know how it would go. You know, we could have, we could have just written a clunker and I would have been like, cool. Uh, <laughs> that's fine too. But, but as it turned out, it was just, uh, you know, it, it just really turned out to be the perfect song for this record. I thought. That's a great tune. Where did you actually record the, the album and who produced it? Uh, JD McPherson produced the album. And we recorded at Memphis Magnetic, probably one of the newest studios in town. 
obviously there are a lot of incredible studios in Memphis. Great so, studio. Beautiful. So, I mean, I believe he's originally from Michigan and then he's a Nashville transplant, uh, which is awesome. And, but yeah, we were the first project in there. He was still wiring things and bringing in uh, equipment, you know, the night before we started tracking. So we were the maiden voyage at Memphis Magnetic. And, uh, <clears throat> and we did some, uh, as always, we did some overdubbing after the fact in Nashville and some here in Tulsa. But, uh, but yeah, the, the album was really cut there. Uh, cut to tape in Memphis. Well, are you going to be back in Memphis anytime soon? I'm definitely going to be coming through there in October. I'm not sure exactly yet uh, if I'll be playing or if I'll just be passing through, but I always, always enjoy it either way. And we love you Tulsa boys at Diddy. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, we, uh, we had y'all in. We had a bunch of Tulsa guys in for the Tulsa takeover here, and it was a ton of fun. We, we had a really great day with, with everyone. And is the scene kind of opening back up in Tulsa again? You know, are people playing gigs? Is live music kind of coming, making a comeback right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, in some ways, I feel like, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people who never stopped for uh, now, but uh, they to do whatever they can to make it work, you know, whether it was Kane's Ballroom, having really small audiences, or uh, the Mercury Lounge is a place where, uh, you know, they've got huge windows that they opened. So they, they did what they could to keep it going. Uh, and so, so yeah, I think the live music around town is still, is still kicking pretty good. Well, it was a pleasure having you, Travis. I'm still here. Great album. Everyone needs to run out and get a copy and just listen. It's really a great album and we wish you the best on your tour and come see us next time you're in Memphis. I will for sure. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Travis Linville. Be sure to check out his latest album, I'm Still Here, available now on all major digital streaming platforms and at travislimblemusic.com. And remember, you can visit diddytv.com for more exclusive on-demand content and download the official free Diddy TV app from your app store today. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.